Good morning and welcome to AC23, the podcast for the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge. I'm your host, Pam Bordelon, and joining me this morning are Michelle Schulte and Brandon Lewis with the LSU Museum of Art. Welcome, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. So y'all have got a really cool exhibit that's opening up later this month. Um, I was reading about it and it's it sounds like this is something we can have some bragging rights that we're showing here. So what can you tell us about this? Definitely, definitely. We have I2 and Thornton Dial opening up on March 30th, and it's going to run all the way through July 2nd of this year. And it's a really wonderful show featuring the vernacular artist Thornton Dial, who's, of course, from Alabama. He's one of Alabama's most famous vernacular artists and, and widely exhibited artists. Okay, well, mm -hmm. I, f I feel really stupid because I'm from the state of Alabama, <laughs> and I did not know who wow. he was. <laughs> I've been gone a long time, but still, yeah, yeah. I feel bad that I didn't know who he was. That's okay. We're hoping that through this exhibition, um, which is one of the first large-scale exhibitions outside of Alabama in, in several years, he's been shown extensively through New York and Texas, mm -hmm. um, and, of course, throughout his home state. But we're hoping by bringing his work to Louisiana, we'll, we'll sort of broaden the recognition of the artist um, and really allow people to, to see the work mm -hmm. and to want to explore vernacular art more and to understand it. Okay, so... For the uninitiated, mm -hmm. what is what classifies you as a vernacular artist? So vernacular artists um, are really artists, and they're generally Southern um, African American men, and they're artists who really take cues and inspiration from the local community and the people and places around them. Mm -hmm. We formally referred to them as folk artists or self-taught artists, um, but that term was sort of, it's an umbrella term that was really, you know, a sort of a catch-all for anybody that was considered untrained, that didn't have an academic background. Okay. And so in the 70s, um, folk artists or self-taught artists, they started becoming more and more recognized. Um, but a folk artist at that point could be anything. It could be somebody that made quilts. It could be somebody that carved a bread bowl. It could be a Quaker that made a cabinet. Okay. But in the 70s and 80s, we were trying to classify these this new type of artists who were creating artwork, and it was decorating their homes and their yards, and it was very personal artwork. And so they started clumping them into the term folk art. Okay. Eventually... We wanted to recognize them as contemporary artists. Mm -hmm. um, again, to classify them as something untrained really puts the emphasis, it takes the emphasis away from their artwork and really places it on their academic background, which you really shouldn't do yeah. because their artwork is comparable to any um, what the establishment would consider a fine artist. And so uh, the term vernacular artist came about. And so okay. that's what we tend to to call these artists these days. Okay. So um, he's been called a pioneer. Mm -hmm. So what makes him that? How did, how did he earn this distinction? Yeah, I think what's really fabulous about Thornton Dial is he was born in 1928 in a very, very rural area of the mill, Alabama. Um, he was born into poverty to a teenage mother. Um, and very early on, he worked. He labored in the fields. Um, and he didn't have a stable home life. He went to different relatives and friends to live, and so he was raised by a number of different people, eventually ending up in Bessemer, Alabama. And I think what's really fascinating about Dial is he lived through so much, from the Jim Crow era, mm -hmm. through the, he also lived through the Great Depression, and then also he lived and prospered through a very turbulent time in Alabama in terms of civil rights, um, yeah. the struggle for civil rights and segregation. 
and racial disparity, which to this day, there's still some traces of throughout the state. And not only did he survive, he prospered, um, eventually moving to Bessemer, working at the um, Pullman Standard plant for over 30 years, um, married a woman, was married to her for over 50 years, had five children with her. But he created this fabulous body of artwork that was almost hidden until the 1980s. And he did it out of this innate sense that he wanted to create. He knew he was putting objects and items together in these beautiful compositions, but to him, he wasn't sure what it was. It was just his, his way of expressing his feelings and his beliefs and exploring topics like racism and slavery. And, um, and I think that's really what makes him a pioneer. When you see his artwork alone and you don't know anything about his background, you wouldn't know... Uh, where he came from, because it is comparable to any of the work that you would see in museums that we just considered sort of very contemporary assemblages or very contemporary sculptural works. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Well, then I don't feel so bad because I left Alabama in 1977. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I left, I left there. I'm like, okay, he did come about after yeah. I, after I. So um, Birmingham has a fabulous museum. The Birmingham Museum yes, of they Art do. has. Did they, is that where... Uh, William Arnett, is that kind of that connection through that? Or Actually, no? what's really fascinating is William Arnett is from Atlanta, or was from Atlanta. Unfortunately, he's okay. deceased now. So William Arnett was a Atlanta-based collector and historian. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was one of the early gallerists and curators that was sort of looking and, and discovering this group of these, of what we were calling self-taught artists at the time in the 80s. And he was... Um, very close associates with another artist named Lonnie Holly, who is from Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. Lonnie um, was familiar with Thornton Dial, had been to Thornton Dial's house, had seen his creations, had seen his yard and his studio. And uh, Thornton gave him some fishing lures, some handmade fishing lures, uh, okay. because although Dial was an avid fisherman, he created these lures. And, and it's interesting, there's quotes about how he was creating them, but they never really worked. <laughs> but he just kept on making them because uh-huh. they were so beautiful. Well, Lonnie took this fishing lure to William Arnett and showed him and said, I think you need to meet this artist. And so in 1987, William traveled um, to Bessemer, Alabama. Lonnie took him to see Thornton Dial, and Thornton was actually really suspicious of him. There was a white man showing up to his property, um, sort of poking around, and he wasn't sure if he was there to find him or yeah. like consider his artwork subversive or somehow say something against him. And also, Thornton didn't think of his work as art. He didn't know what it was. Yeah, it, These were just creations his, that he was making. His stuff. Yeah, his stuff. And it was very personal. And so Lonnie, there's a great story, he picks up a piece of wire and he starts to form it into um, a stylized portrait and he integrates this beautiful fishing lure that Dial had made into the portrait and then holds it up and says, look, Thornton, this is art. You know, you're, I just made art from your art and from this piece of found metal. This is, you know, this is what you have all over your yard. And there's this great quote that Thornton stood back and looked at him and said, well, if that's art, then I'm going to show you a heap of art. And, <laughs> and I love that quote. That's, um, that's it. Yeah. And that's, was, that began this lifelong, not only professional association with William Arnett, it also began a lifelong friendship okay. um, with Thornton Dial. So, um, Brandon, like y'all always do, you kind of have other things going on at the museum in conjunction with this exhibit. Can you clue us in on some of that? 
Of course. Well, of course, we have our reception. And with our reception, there's a panel discussion uh, on March 30th. Mm-hmm. We're going to have curator Paul Barrett. Also, the son of Thornton Dow, Richard Dow, will be there as well, mm-hmm. along with some art historians, Paul Ornett and Ann Collins-Smith. And our own Michelle Schulte will be there to speak about Dow's work and the influence he's had um, on the vernacular and contemporary art world. We have our Free First Sundays, and we all try to do projects for the kids on Free First Sundays. Mm -hmm. And in conjunction with Dow's work, we're doing a found object um, when people can come in and create something that they can identify with that represents them. Uh, And that's going to be on April 2nd. And also on April 21st, which I'm really excited about, we're having gospel in the gallery at 6 p.m. With with Southern, with our own Southern University, um, one of our uh, hometown groups here at one of the universities. And Dow's work was a celebration of the African-American experience as well. So what better way to celebrate his work than to have uh, one of the award-winning gospel groups come and fill our gallery uh, with some joyful noises. And also on May 5th, we're going to have a panel discussion on the ongoing influence of Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, which ties into some of Dow's subject matter as well. Because they were, all that was happening in the state of Alabama. Yeah, it's fascinating what he got to experience and live through. Um, Especially in Birmingham. Yes. I can remember that. Yes. Watching that but, on the news. Yes. And we know that Birmingham was called Bombingham yes. uh, because of every, the tragedies that went on there. Mm-hmm. So Dow was a storyteller, a historian, mm-hmm. if you will, through his work of that time. Yeah. Um, a very horrible time in the South, if you will. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. So um, there's always tons of stuff going on at yes. the museum. So what else is, is happening over at your place right now? Well, we have a wonderful exhibition of digital images created by the artist Hank Willis Thomas. Um, Thomas is best known right now for creating the large-scale bronze sculpture of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and and, um, and his wife, the Embrace, okay. that was that was unveiled here during February. But we're going to have some of his digital images, um, which they come in view in April, I believe, the opening. I don't have the dates in front of okay. me. But that show opens in April. Um, and then ongoing this summer, we're putting together an exhibition of photographs by Chandra McCormick and Keith Calhoun. They're two photographers out of New Orleans okay. who have documented Louisiana over the last 30 years. And so that should be a, oh, wow. quite a beautiful show and something really relevant to our community. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, if I want to go to, to check all this stuff out, mm-hmm. what, what are your hours and kind of where are you located? All that fun stuff. Well, we're located in the Shaw Center for the Arts mm-hmm. uh, on Lafayette Street right across from the old state capitol um we are open tuesday through sunday okay. um 10 a.m on well tuesday through friday 10 a.m to 8 p.m okay. and then on the weekends as well and every first sunday is free for families and every friday evening is free as well and to check our programming please check our social media and go to our website lsumoa.org for all of our programming and upcoming events mm-hmm. how lucky are we as a university town to have a university have the investment that LSU does with this museum? I think that you know I've been with the LSU museum since last April and so I'm coming up on a one-year anniversary and and just over the last year what I've decided is that our museum is really a hidden gem 
and it, it's a wonderful resource for the community. We have over 7,000 objects right now. We're, we are a collecting museum. Mm -hmm. uh, we have over 7,000 objects in our collection, and they span everything from, we have a small piece of ancient Chinese jade that's dated to 200 BC, to artwork that was created probably in January of this year. Yeah. And we have, you know, huge gallery spaces that are constantly rotating out. So it's guaranteed if you come once a month, you're going to see something new and you're mm -hmm. going to see something exciting. And so, you know, if you haven't been to the LSU Museum, I really suggest coming on down, especially when we have our free evenings on Fridays or that first Sunday. Or most of our programs are free as well um, mm -hmm. to attend. Yeah, like and just the, check uh, us out. the reception on March the 30th yes. is a, yes. is a yes. free reception, a, and you get to meet all these fabulous you people do. and see this great art. Yeah, and what's really wonderful about the Dial family is um, his children, two of his children, Thornton Jr. and Richard Dial, were both artists oh, wow. themselves. Okay. And so they picked up on their dad's creativity, and they mm -hmm. have taken that forward. Um, plus, I believe Lonnie Holly will probably be there as well. So we'll have that extra... Okay. Um, we'll have extra an, people that you an, can come out and an meet extra and layer interact of, with. Yes, uh, extra, extra layer. layer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I can remember before the LSU Museum was where it is now, and it has a fabulous silver collection. Yes. Eight, yes. Yeah, it's an amazing, and still have the new pottery. Yes. Unfortunately, those two things are not on view right now because um, we are reinstalling several galleries. Mm -hmm. And so, but that's also something to look forward to. In the next few months, we're going to have uh, three really exceptional spaces open that will explore ceramic traditions mm -hmm. that will span centuries, and which will include the new pottery. We'll bring that back out and integrate that in. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're expanding, instead of having a silver gallery that's just dedicated to those pieces, we're expanding it to decorative arts. Okay. Because we were built off of decorative arts. That was part yeah. of our, our initial donation back mm -hmm. in the early 60s. Um, substantial collection of decorative arts and so we're going to expand that gallery and add these objects in and then also we're going to explore European artworks um, okay. because lately we've we've acquired a lot of really nice pieces and so we'd like to have a gallery dedicated to those those works. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how do you acquire pieces? What is that process? Does somebody call you and say hey I found <laughs> blah blah blah? <laughs> <laughs> well um you know, there's a lot of different ways. Uh, right now, we have been very fortunate to receive a wonderful donation from the Winifred and Kevin P. Riley um, Fund for Underrepresented Artists. And through that fund, we've been able to purchase a lot of artwork specifically by African-American uh, men and women. Mm -hmm. And so thankfully, because of that, we've been able to acquire some really substantial contemporary pieces. Uh, outside of that, we also have donors. Um, you know, that want to give out of their personal collections. Mm -hmm. um, we have a donor right now, just most recently, named uh, Guido Mouse out of Birmingham, uh, okay. who has recently donated two really substantial pieces to us, and those will be on view hopefully this summer. And also just individuals who who have works that want to give. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times it's family legacy, they want to have a safe place for these artworks to go, a yeah. repository where will they be safe for future generations and also um, periodically be on view for the local community, but also be available to the online community, mm -hmm. a lot of our collections online, and then available for loan out to other artworks. Okay. So mm -hmm. is the Thornton Dial stuff, is that like on loan from another museum? Yes. So the Thornton Dial works, it's really wonderful. The curator of the exhibition that was at the University of Alabama, Birmingham at mm -hmm. the Abrams Annual 
Institute for Visual Arts, AVA. Um, he curated the show. His name is Paul Barrett. He'll be here on March 30th. Uh, he reached out to me and asked me if I would like to take some Thornton Dial works. And um, I have been familiar with Dial's works for probably a good 15 years because I, I was fortunate enough to have a relationship with William Arnett. And so okay. I knew William when, when he was alive in Georgia. And um, I jumped at the chance. <laughs> I, I really did. I jumped at the chance. Um, we are not getting the same show that you, that Ava had. What we ended up doing is I worked with Paul to curate our own specific exhibition. Okay. And so it's integrating um, many more works on paper and then also some pieces that have never been view, on view before okay. uh, from private collectors. And so it's really exciting. Okay, to so bring even this here. if you think you've seen the Thornton Dial yes. exhibit, you have not no, seen it. No, you've not seen this iteration of it. <laughs> okay. And so, yeah, it's really okay. exciting. It sounds like, yeah, I can't wait to go mm -hmm. check that out. Yeah. Uh, remind us once again, you are located in the Shaw Center for the Arts. Shaw Center of the Arts, right. And at, your website? Our website, lsumoa.org. Okay. And we also would like to encourage people to please consider becoming a member of the museum as well because that helps us put on programs and exhibitions for our community so that it's always an option. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, guys, I greatly appreciate you joining me, and we'll see you guys on the 30th for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you yeah. so much for having us. Okay. Coming up later this month on the 21st uh, is the River City Jazz Masters production of Jazz at Lincoln Center, Songs We Love with the Manship Theater. That concert starts at 7.30, and last I heard there are less than 20 tickets left. So if that's on your hit parade, you need to get your tickets real soon. Also, we have launched two new programs through our Talent Advancement Program. One is a series of 10-week series of classes in audio engineering, and another is in gallery arts, so you can do what Michelle does here and learn how to create these fabulous exhibits. So if either of those topics kind of sound interesting to you, go to our website, artsbr, artsbr.org, and check out under education and programming, and you will find all you need to know about the Talent Advancement Program. I'm Pam Bordelon, and I appreciate you joining us here this morning for AC23. We'll check you next Sunday.